If you are looking for even more help and guidance on your breakup, I have a few different options for you to take your healing to the next level. I have four different online courses depending on what stage of the breakup that you're in from beginning all the way into moving on after heartbreak, or you can bundle all of my courses together and use the code podcast to get $25 off my course bundle. I also have my 30 day no contact challenge to help hold you accountable in going no contact with your ex. And we have our free Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with other people going through breakups all over the world. To learn more about any of these resources, head to the show notes where you can learn more about my courses, take the quiz to figure out which course is best for you, or join the Facebook group. And don't forget to use the code PODCAST to get $25 off my course bundle. Welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast with your host, Breakup Bestie, aka me, Kendra. Breakups are hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Each week, I will be taking you through a different topic as it relates to breaking up, healing from heartbreak, growing in your single life, dating, and getting back into happier and healthier relationships. The goal of this show is to provide support, hope, tips, and to remind you that above all, this too shall pass. Welcome to episode 43 of the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast. And today's topic is going to be a little bit different than some of the other topics that I have covered on this podcast, but it is one that is very personally important to me and honestly a topic that has influenced not only me becoming the breakup bestie and becoming a breakup coach, but has really heavily influenced how I have walked through breakups and how I now coach other people through their breakups and that is my journey in sobriety. I am recording this episode uh, this past Thursday, which is January 7th, and that happens to be my eight-year sobriety anniversary. So I wanted to give a little bit of background as to why I got sober, what my life has looked like sober, just so you can have a little bit of background, and then I'm going to go into the similarities between getting sober and going through a breakup. And This isn't, you know, an advertisement for sobriety. This isn't to say any of you should or need to get sober, but this is just to show that there are certain principles when it comes to breakups, especially in the way that I coach people through breakups, that work across all different things, whether you, you know, need to get sober or, you know, cut any kind of thing out of your life. So it's just to show that these principles really do work across all different components of of our lives. And I think seeing some of these principles applied to a different area like cutting out alcohol or getting sober, it will help you to see why it is so important because in a lot of ways, I think going through a breakup is like getting sober from a particular person. It's a lot of the same things. So anyways, just a little bit of backstory. I won't get too, you know, much into it, but I started drinking when I was 15, you know, like I'm sure a lot of you listening did, and it was 
totally innocent, just high school wanting to try alcohol at a party on a weekend, something like that. However, for I'd say fortunately and unfortunately for me, my drinking took a turn pretty quickly. To give you some context, I started drinking at 15 and I got sober when I was 21. So it was very quick. But to spare you all the details, it started going downhill pretty quickly. And then I started facing some really serious consequences from from alcohol. I was a blackout drinker, which for those of you that don't know, basically blacking out is when you drink so much that your parts of your brain essentially turn off and go to sleep. So you are, you know, kind of, you're up walking around, you're doing things, but you have zero memory of what's happening. Um, And I can even, you know, look back on some pictures when I was, you know, in a blackout and you can tell like my eyes are open, but no one, no one's home, if that makes sense. So I, you know, became this blackout drinker, not that I was trying to be. In fact, I tried everything to not be a blackout drinker, but I just process drinking a lot differently than other people. And I've been able to come to terms with that. But that level of behavior led me to multiple hospitalizations, uh, injuries, car accidents, losing relationships, getting into really unhealthy relationships during this time was when I was in my narcissistic and abusive relationship. So it just led me to some really, really dark places. And it got me to a place where I was completely isolated. I due to my own behavior, lost a lot of friends and lost trust with a lot of people. I was also so full of shame from what I was doing, even though it was, you know, at some point beyond my control and I was just a really sick person. But, you know, nonetheless, I I carried a lot of shame. I carried a lot of secrets around with me because I didn't want to, I didn't want anyone to know what I was doing. Basically, it got to a point where alcohol was really, really ruining my life. It was becoming abundantly clear that I was heading down a path that would lead to something that I couldn't come back from, whether that was a serious injury, you know, doing something that would cause me to no longer be around anymore. It, it got to, to that point where it was it was very scary. People were very worried about me. I was very worried about myself. And luckily, by a miracle, on January 7th, 2013, I finally said the words, I need help. I looked at my mom and I said, I need help. And I I get I still get very choked up when I think about that moment because it was really powerful and it was the first time that I admitted that I couldn't do it by myself. And from that day, I have not had a drink, a drug. I have not taken anything that affects me from the neck up is basically how I how I put it. I feel incredibly and abundantly lucky that the last 8 years of my life have not included drugs or alcohol. I feel so fortunate 
that I was able to turn my life around at a really young age because I have seen the effects of drugs and alcohol on so many people's lives and I know what it can do to people's lives. And I feel, you know, so grateful that I caught it early and that I've been able to stick with it. Now, that is not to say that it was just me, you know, saying one day, okay, I'm going to stop drinking. And then I just stopped drinking and I never thought about it ever again. That's absolutely not what it looked like. I had an addiction to alcohol. I used alcohol as pretty much my main coping skill. It was how I had fun. It was, you know, how I felt a part of. It was how I celebrated. It was how I mourned. It was how I dealt with stress. It was so intertwined with every aspect of my life that it took some time to unravel that and learn. Essentially, I had to learn how to live my life without alcohol. And that's where I'll start getting into how this resembles a breakup. When you're with someone, they are who you talk to at the end of a long, a long stressful day at work. They are who you go on vacation with and how you have fun. Just like how when I was on vacation, I would, you know, have fun with alcohol. We go on trips with our ex-partners and that's how we enjoy ourselves. So just like alcohol was so intertwined with my life, your ex was so intertwined with your life. And the goal of a breakup is to learn how to live your life without that person anymore. So that's how we start getting this overlap. For me to stay sober, I think to get sober was, it was very hard, but the, the, the harder thing has been learning how to stay sober because there have been times in my life where I've been out with family or friends and everyone looks like they're having so much fun and someone offers a drink and I think... Hmm, maybe maybe I could do that. Maybe that was just a phase. I was just really young. Maybe I can handle it now. There have been a lot of times where there's been a lot of temptation. But I have the tools in order to not drink a day at a time. Just like I try to give people the tools to feel equipped to handle their life after a breakup. So I'm going to share seven similarities between how I was able to get sober and how I was first able to get through breakups and then how I coach other people through their breakups. So the first thing is having hope and remembering that the pain is going to pass. My two favorite sayings that I've learned since I got sober is this too shall pass and one day at a time. Getting sober at 21, as you can imagine, did not seem like a very fun option. This was the time when I was just supposed to be starting able to drink legally. This was going to be the time where I was really coming into my own and going to college and going to parties and going to bars and clubs and music festivals and, and all of those things. And I had this moment where I realized I'm not going to be able to live my life like that. However, if I, if right when I got sober, if all I thought about was how I was going to struggle with this for the rest of my life and how I was going to have to never, ever, ever drink, it 
would have been so paralyzing that I don't know if I would be able to go through with it. But if I looked at it in a way of like, okay, this initial discomfort is going to pass. I'm not going to feel like this forever. It's not going to be like I have to sit on my hands for the rest of my life when there's alcohol around so I don't pick it up. If I thought about it as this is going to pass, and if I thought about it as like, okay, I'm just not going to drink today and then we'll we'll worry about tomorrow tomorrow. But, you know, in the beginning, I have shared this on other podcasts, but I thought like, how am I not going to drink on my wedding day? How am I not going to drink on my bachelorette party? And I wasn't even I was I was completely undateable when I got to where I was not dating anybody. So for me to be worrying that much about how it's going to look in the future, you know, was not productive. It's normal, but it's not productive. And the same thing goes for breakups. Like I will be coaching someone in August and they'll say, how the heck am I going to get through New Year's Eve without having my partner? And I think, okay, I totally understand that fear. It's August. Let's worry about August things. Let's get through the next week. And when December comes, when the end of December comes, then we'll start talking about New Year's Eve. But just remembering that like you don't have to go through the entire breakup in one day. You don't have to feel all of the pain at one moment. It's going to take some time, but just remembering that like you're going to go through a series of baby steps. Like, you know, for me with sobriety, it was like going to my first wedding without taking a drink. That was a really big deal. It was a baby step, but for me, it was a huge deal. So the more of those like baby steps that I was able to overcome, the easier and more manageable it began to feel. And just always remembering like when I was in the thick of the discomfort and the pain, just to know that like I'm not going to feel this way forever. I'm not going to feel this way forever. So the second similarity that I see is the importance of having a support system. I now have learned through getting sober that it's, I'm not going to say it's impossible, it's really hard to go through anything really tough by yourself. And I'm someone that used to try to tackle everything by myself and not ask for that help. Like when I asked my mom for help that day when I wanted to get sober, that was like one of the very few times I had really reached out and gotten vulnerable and asked for help. But what I learned is there are certain things in life that are that are just too heavy to carry by yourself. And sure, maybe you could carry it by yourself, but you don't have to. You don't need to. There are people, whether you have them in your life now or you can foster them in your life, but there are going to be people that want to help you, that want to hold you up, and it's so important that you let them in. So when it comes to, you know, going through a breakup, that's why, you know, in my course, like the number one lesson in my course is building your support system, assembling your support system. Because you want to have people not only that you can talk your feelings out with, like I can't tell you how important it was for me when I got sober to have other people that could say like, oh yeah, like I remember going through that. I felt that way too. Same with breakups, you know, when you're so worried about, I want to reach out to them so much, but I know I shouldn't. And they'll say, yeah, I know. I totally went through that too, but I was able to do it and I just did X, Y, or Z. So not only is are they going to make you feel less alone, 
you're going to feel more normalized. You're not going to feel like you're the only person in the world that's ever felt this way. And then you're also going to open yourself up for some different perspectives on how to get through things. Like, you know, obviously your healing path should be your own, but there's no reason that you can't seek out help and seek out advice from other people that have been through similar situations. So I really can't stress the importance enough of having a really solid support system to walk through, I think, anything big in life with. Um, I also think anything small in life, you know, support systems are so vital in my life and I've been able to to learn that through the really tough stuff. So that's number two. The third one, and this is probably the topic that I've related the most to um, when I'm when I'm doing coaching, and that is like the detox process and the the topic of of no contact. So traditionally, say someone is trying to get sober from alcohol, there is like this detox process where your body is like physically detoxing stuff out of your system. It's the same thing. You've heard me say this. It's the same thing with you know, hearing from an ex or talking to an ex when you're with a, when you're in a relationship with someone, you have all of these chemicals that are pumping into your body, these feel good chemicals, and then when your ex leaves, your body kind of goes into the shock of like where is that person? Where is that source of chemicals? And so it also has to go through a detox process. But for me, like there's no way that I could have gotten sober if I told myself I'm just going to have like one glass of wine at night just for me. And I can, you know, speak for friends that are also in recovery. Like that just doesn't work for us. And I think it's the same thing when you're really trying to let go of an ex. Like if you say, okay, I'm only going to text them on weekends to see how they're doing, you're really hurting the whole process of, of letting go because, you know, if I were to have a glass of wine at night, I would get a rush of all these feel-good chemicals and I would be reminded as to why I loved drinking so much at one point and it would be really hard for me to get back to that place of like, oh yeah, I'm trying to stay sober here. Same thing as when you hear from your ex, you're going to get that rush of feelings. You're going to be reminded why you loved them, why this breakup's so hard and it's just going to honestly, like it's going to be a bit of a setback. So it is so important to, if you have the opportunity to, and I'm honestly, I'm only speaking to people that either have to work with an ex or have kids with their ex. But other than that, like there should be no reason why you don't, why you wouldn't go cold turkey contacting your ex. Yes, it's hard in the beginning. Like the initial shock of, you know, letting go of anything like that is going to be hard, but it's going to be the best thing long term. The fourth thing is all about changing environments. So when I first got sober, I had to change some things. Obviously, I didn't want alcohol in my house because it would make it really hard. I didn't want to hang out at bars anymore, at least in the beginning, because the temptation was far too great. And there were just certain things that I like had to cut out of my life. I had to take I had to take breaks from certain friends because they were mainly like drinking friends and our friendship just wasn't working in during that time in that capacity. So I had to change my friends. 
and all of that stuff, you know, there was already enough temptation in the world to drink, whether I went to the grocery store, I watched any movie or any TV show on social media. There's already there was already so much temptation out there in the world that it was really important that I could I could control what I could control. And how that relates to breakups is you know, I have a whole Detox Your Ex checklist in the Detox Your Ex course where, you know, I tell you, take down the photos of you and your ex around your house. Um, delete their text thread conversation from your phone so it's not all up in your face. Um, don't listen to the songs that you guys used to listen to. Take a break from your TV show. Again, when you're going through a breakup, there are going to be so many things that remind you of your ex just living day to day that it's important to control what you can control. And I, you know, in the first aid kit course, I take you through like, let's figure out some different music that you can listen to. Let's figure out some different TV shows that you can watch just so it's not so in your face. Um, and I cover this in the when you have mutual friends with your ex, it's okay to take breaks from certain people. Like you don't have to hang out with, you know, your friend that's really close with your ex. You don't have to hang out with them right away. You can take these breaks and it's okay to change up your environment so you're not tempted to reach out to your ex. So they both take some work in like kind of arranging your life to be a safe place for a little while while you're a little extra fragile because we're sensitive. We are fragile after breakups. There's nothing wrong with saying that is the truth. And so the more that you can protect yourself during that time, the better it's going to be. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What would you do if you had unlimited time and energy? As you're navigating your breakup, I know your energy can feel low and it can feel really difficult to complete everything you need to in a day. When you're emotionally exhausted, it's especially important to be really clear on what your priorities are and where your energy should be invested. Therapy has helped me in the past figuring out where I should be putting my energy, whether that's career, friendships, relationships, events, which in turn has helped lower my anxiety because I don't always have to feel stretched thin or behind. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash heartbreak today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash heartbreak. Are you looking for a guilt-free way to unwind? Between balancing your breakup, work, and just functioning in your day-to-day -day life, I know you are under a lot of stress. Breakups mess with your nervous system, cause obsessive thoughts, and make it so hard to just sit with yourself. This is why it's so important to have rituals that allow you to treat yourself in a healthy way. And this is why I love Recess Mood, a sparkling water infused with functional ingredients like stress-balancing adaptogens and mood-lifting magnesium. Life has been very full and stressful for me lately, and as someone who hasn't had alcohol in a 
11 years, I need something that helps me relax and that can bring me a moment of peace. Lately, my favorite way to do that is sitting on the couch after I put my kids to bed and having either the strawberry rose or the lime recess mood. They not only make me feel good, but they also taste incredible too. So whether you're looking for a healthier alternative to alcohol or a way to make you feel more balanced, you deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash heartbreak and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. So change up the environment. The next thing is learning new coping skills or essentially just like doing things a little bit differently. As I mentioned in the beginning, alcohol for me was the way that I dealt with stress, the way that I dealt with fear, the way that I celebrated, (laughs) the way I wound down. And in past relationships, my ex was who I called when I needed to talk about something When something good happened, they were the first person that I wanted to call. When I was thinking of what I wanted to do on the weekend, they were the first person that I wanted to make plans with. So after the breakup, like you're still going to get stressed. You're still going to have weekends. You're still going to have good things happen to you. So what are you replacing that with? When you have a stressful day, like who's another friend that's a great listener that's really good at calming you down? call that person instead. On the weekends, like who's a great, you know, if you're an adventurous person who likes hiking, like who's a friend that's adventurous that likes hiking who you can call and make plans with this weekend? When something good happens, like do you have a group text with friends that you can put the good thing that happened in there and have them all celebrate with you? Because I had to do that a ton when I got sober. Okay, I'm stressed. Instead of going to drink, I'm going to I'm going to exercise. I'm going to journal. I'm going to talk to a friend um, to celebrate. I remember when I finished my last semester at college and I thought, oh my gosh, I don't have – I felt like I didn't have any way to celebrate, but I went to dinner with some friends. We, you know, went out dancing and sober. So there are just – there's always going to be an alternative. And it's important not to deny yourself that. It's important not to just be like, well, my ex isn't here anymore, so I guess I'll just sit by myself when I'm stressed. No, that's not going to be the way that you heal. It's so important to find replacements for that in a healthy way. The next thing is using it as an opportunity to grow. I think as human beings, as you know, motivated as we might think we are, as focused on growth and self-development we might think we are. At the end of the day, our biggest motivator to work on ourselves and make changes is typically when we're in pain or when we're really uncomfortable. You know, a lot of people don't make changes to their health until they have something like really bad happen, like a heart attack. Or some people don't 
change, you know, don't quit their job that they hate until they have like a near-death experience to re- that reminds them that like life's, life's really short. So we don't – we just don't get a lot of opportunities to really commit to making changes and growing. Me getting sober and going through that was the single hardest thing I have ever done and I have never grown more. I have never grown more because for, you know, a good amount of the first six months that I got sober, I was really uncomfortable really uncomfortable. I felt like I was crawling out of my skin. So I had to lo- I had to do a lot of things differently. I had to take advice from a lot of different people and I had to change a lot of my actions. So I grew more in the first year sober than I did the first 20 years of my life. And it's the same thing with a breakup. I think breakups are one of the toughest things we ever go through. So it is this tremendous opportunity where you're so uncomfortable that you're willing to do things differently. You're willing to dig a little bit deeper within yourself. You're willing to pick up a journaling habit or try meditating or start exercising or reach out to new friends and and things like that. So I'm not trying to take away from the fact that breakups are really painful, but I do really believe that we can we can believe they're painful and we can also have the perspective that it's a really big opportunity to grow. And this is not to say that like when you're in pain, you should be say like, I'm in pain, but I should be so grateful because this is an opportunity to grow. No, not at all. It's more that just knowing deep down that all the work that you're doing to feel better after the breakup is really going to pay off at some point. And just know that like you're not just – doing all this for your ex, you're doing it for the long-term health of you. I have made some of the most amazing friends after breakups. I have had the most amazing insights about myself after breakups. And it's all because I was in pain and I made this choice that I was going to go through the breakup not like around, under, jumping into a new relationship, completely distracting myself from all of my feelings. Like, no, I was going to try to navigate this the healthiest way that I could. So just having that willingness to to grow and to try new things and, you know, listen to, to a podcast all about breakups. I love one of my coaching clients is like, I never, ever thought that I would hire a breakup coach. And I'm like, I honestly never really thought that I'd be a breakup coach. And here we are. So just the fact that you're listening to a podcast like this shows that you have willingness to do things differently. So just remember, breakups are a huge opportunity to grow, just like anything tough in life. And then the last thing is blessing in – remembering that it's a blessing in disguise. So my absolute worst experience drinking um, was when I was 17. Um, Totally, you know, I know this was a horrible decision, but I was driving drunk and I crashed my car and I almost did not make it. I woke up in the ICU of the hospital 
And once I realized where I was and what happened, I'm so lucky that I didn't hurt anyone in the process. I'm so, so lucky. Um, But once I woke up and realized what I had done and where I was, I broke out into like a full panic attack. And I remember my mom walking in and seeing the look on her face and I just was so full of guilt and shame. And she looked at me and she said, she said, I love you. And she said, someday this is going to be a blessing in disguise. I get choked up thinking about that too. But she said, someday this is going to be a blessing in disguise. And she was right. I definitely didn't see it that day. I did not see it the next day. I didn't see it for for years to come. But I have been able – I mean, not only has my sobriety been a blessing in disguise to me, like all the pain that I went through has helped shape me into the person that I am today, but I've also been able to use my hard experiences, like my most painful times, to help other people or to, you know, make an attempt to help other people. A lot of my drinking took place in high school. And for the first four years of my sobriety, I once a month would speak at high schools about um, the effects of problematic drinking. Um the narcissistic and toxic relationship that I went through, I could not even imagine what I'm able to do now or I'm able to share about that experience on a podcast and that I'm able to help normalize it for other women and remind them that they're not alone. That is makes me so emotional to think about. But I that's all a gift of what I went through. What I went through, I can see it now as a gift. Same thing with the breakups. Like, uh, not not only because I'm married now, like, you know, if I'm looking at the fact that I'm married now, like, yeah, all the breakups that I went through were obviously well worth it, that I have this amazing partner. But to me, it's not even about that. Every breakup that I went through brought me closer to myself. Every breakup that I went through taught me my worth what I deserve. It taught me how I should be treated, not only how others should treat me, but how I should treat myself. Every breakup that I went through got me friends that I'm closer and closer with. Honestly, like my sobriety and my breakups, aka like the two hardest things I've been through, those have brought the biggest gifts to me. And so I always want people to remember that, that, you know, Even if you are in your absolute darkest, darkest time like I was, there's going to be a gift somewhere in there. And again, you probably won't see it today, tomorrow, the next day, or the next, but I can promise you that at some point down the road, you're going to think to yourself, man, Kendra was right. Just like I said to myself, like, man, my mom was actually right. So that is my story. I feel really lucky that I have – that you guys, you listeners, my community allows me to have a platform where I can 
not only guide you through breakups, but that I can also share my story because every time I share my story, I heal. And it's also important for me to end this by saying that there's unfortunately still a pretty big stigma when it comes to alcoholism and addiction and sobriety. And it's always been a goal of mine to be able to raise awareness and let you know that a 21-year-old girl who came from a great family that went to my dream college and was getting almost all A's in school was still almost dying inside from an addiction. Alcoholism and addiction has, like everyone has their own picture of what it looks like, but it's important to remember that there is no one look to it. And it's so important to remember that a lot of people don't make it through addictions. And I have unfortunately had to see a lot of people that I know not make it. So if you are someone that is struggling with an addiction, if you have a family member that is struggling with an addiction, I always want to make myself a resource for that to ask questions. And I just want to remind you that there is always help. There is always another way out. Um, I could never picture my life sober before, but it's not something I could picture my life without at this point. So I love all of you guys. This was a great way to commemorate my eight-year anniversary and to remind you that we all go through really tough stuff, but there's always there's always a solution. So I will see you guys back here next week. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you loved it, I hope you'll leave a review and share with your friends. If you're not already following me on Instagram, head to at your breakup bestie where I'm sharing new content almost every day. To join our Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with thousands of people from all over the world going through breakups, head to the link in the show notes. And don't forget to check out my online courses for more in-depth help through your healing journey. I always end these episodes the same way, reminding you to be nice to yourself, stay connected with loved ones, and the biggest reminder is that this too shall pass. I promise. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.